This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Lutz from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak wrapping up the final week of organized team activities for the Black and Gold. The media got to see their last session of the voluntary workouts. Next week, we'll be starting mandatory minicamp where those attendance numbers really matter. Uh, we'll be getting into some of the sound we got. Also, playing a little game with uh, the Saints stock market, who are our uh, risers and fallers from our three sessions that we got to see during these workouts. And the big one, Jeff, obviously, the last session, the return of number 13. Yes. Mike. <laughs> freaking thomas who steve is busy taking unflattering pictures of from side angles at the podium jeez man get it together no Uh, yeah i've said oh it looks like he's had too many charbroiled oysters or he's pregnant but definitely an unflattering pick i don't think mike's as bulky as he looks but definitely not in pristine shape yet no i mean he he's he's a guy who's been dealing with foot injuries for the last three years right foot and ankle injuries he probably isn't in the greatest shape right now that's okay, right? You got plenty of time. I'm not yeah. worried about it. The picture uh, does make me feel better about my gut. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're people too. Weird. It's crazy how that works. But all right. Yeah, we're going to get into this. So we're going to talk a bit about Michael Thomas. We're going to get into Bobby Bear's take on attendance because I wanted to put a bow on that. We're going to hear from Dennis Allen on a few different topics. In the second segment, we're going to I trimmed down a good bit of the Derek Carr interview. So we're going to play a big chunk of that. and We're going to talk about it. Yeah. And then in the final segment, as you mentioned, we're going to play the Saints version of the stock market, which thankfully it's the Saints version, not the real version, because that means that people, there actually are climbing stocks as opposed to reality where eh, anyway, I don't want to talk yeah. about it. But yeah. So <laughs> first things first, I made a big deal about about Bobby's take on Mike Thomas showing up to practice, which. Did Bobby shame Mike into showing up? Like, I I do kind of feel like that's a possibility. 
<laughs> because, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he planned to show up all along. But the fact is, Bobby made a big deal about it, and then he was there. So, No, I totally gave him his props again. Um, last season, I was like, well, you were the one that was all over Andy Dalton being the head of Jameis Winston. And by this season, you called out Michael Thomas, and poof, he shows up at voluntary workouts. Like we said, we fully expect him at the mandatory minicamp. But for Mike to come out that last day, it was like that light shining down in your room when he came out onto the field. And I heard the the angels singing, ah, you know, and number 13 strode out there. It was pretty, it was, it was an unexpected, huge positive that, you know, we've heard, we've heard all the talk about how committed and how much he wants to be a part of this team, obviously. And coming out for the voluntary workouts to me does says a lot. Yeah. And, you know, we <laughs> before I get into the Bobby clip, I do want to play the clip from Derek McCoy, because if you're wondering, it was it was a surprise to us, but it was also <laughs> a surprise to the team. So if you were wondering whether this was kind of a plan and everyone was kind of aware, yeah, Mike's going to be here for the third session, at least from an offensive line perspective. That was not the case. Here's what Eric McCoy said. Did you guys know Michael Thomas was going to run out on the field today? No, but I'm glad he's here, and I'm glad he's back. And, I mean, I saw him working off to the side, and he, he, he's ready. What can that, you know, just do for the team, seeing a guy like that come out here to voluntary practices? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you look at what he's done in the past. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. And just having him back out there working with us during a voluntary moment, it's it's exciting because you see that he's he's ready and he's working. They didn't know. Uh, you know, maybe the wide receivers knew. Maybe the coaches knew. I don't know. Maybe Derek Carr knew. I'm sure they text. But, you know, Mike's out there, and his teammates are glad to see him. I'm glad to see him. Bobby's glad to see him. And with that in mind, here <laughs> is kind of the follow-up. I do feel like I have to follow up on this because I said, hey, if you're going to if you're gonna complain about Mike Thomas, you have to keep that same energy for all the other guys. And in th- And now you look at it like Mike Thomas did show up. Right. So what about these other guys that we just ignored and pretended it's no big deal that they're not here? Uh, but here's what here's what Bobby had to say yesterday on the show. Uh, we need everybody out there. You know, I got a text earlier and I said I should have mentioned this. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're a leader on the team and you've established yourself. Uh, I think uh, whether it's voluntary or not, it's not too demanding because when uh, pro football's over, it's over. Hmm. Then you can uh, be a hermit or be an introvert and have your lifestyle. But uh, that's why I respect uh, like the Cam Jarns and Demario Davis uh, of the uh, of the world when and they're leading their team. And it's not just Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas showing up. Uh, where in the hell is Taysom Hill? I think he's an upstanding citizen. Uh, but where's Taysom Hill? Or even Alvin Kamara. Are you part of this team, Alvin Kamara? You still be part of the team, uh, whatever comes about in Las Vegas, uh, the end of July. So I'm just looking at like Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, uh, so where's Lattimore? He's getting full. Uh, I mean, uh, what, what is he? But as a uh, former player, did you did you have voluntary workouts in your time? No, we had a mandatory mini camp, and, and then they didn't even have like you you, you train <laughs> and 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 all. you wouldn't do your own thing. But if the coaches wanted you there, you'd always show up. Uh, I was like, going to say for voluntary, like, if it was a voluntary workout, would you be there? Hell yes! I, I'm trying to prolong my career. <laughs> I, I'm I, look. I, I'm not like individual tennis player or golfer. I'm playing a team sport. So wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be the best example for my team. 
I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Okay, like where, like offensive line, we can't even put our offensive line together. So whether it's Ryan Ramchek or whether it's Andrews Peterno, what is Andrews Pete? He's in the freaking desert. What he's hanging out in Arizona. I mean, uh, he's getting treatment on something. Hopefully, no. Okay, if the team guarantees you forty million dollars, I'd freaking go to Siberia or whatever. Uh, are we gonna hang out as a team, have some camaraderie? Yeah, because it's the whole year round relationship. But I don't know. They got different players, and there's so much money, and they feel like they could do what they want. So yeah, I will be give Bobby credit. He is calling out everybody, so that's fair. <laughs> what I what I thought was funny though too, listening to it again when he says. Where the freak is Taysom Hill? He's an upstanding citizen. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I think he he means that in the sense of he is a does anything asked of him type player, right? I think when you're talking about Mike Thomas compared to Taysom Hill in the arrival sense, it is this team has bent over backwards to accommodate Mike Thomas, right? And, and that definitely. can't be argued. They definitely have. And I think that's part of the sentiment when it comes to Mike of, man, this team has done everything it could possibly do to accommodate your injuries and include you into this group and prop you up as the star, right? Even though you have not been on the field for the past three years. Every, every word from the front office, everything, it's like, no, Mike's the guy. He's still the guy. I get it. He hasn't played, but he's still the guy. Taysom Hill, it's like, hey, Taysom, you're tight end now. <laughs> and he's like, good deal. Uh, and like in the back of my head, you're like, is he really happy about it? I don't know, but he's never going to say that. He's never going to come out and be like, this is, this is malarkey. I want to be a quarterback. Trade me to somewhere. They'll play me at quarterback, right? Give me a chance to be the quarterback. Let me compete to be the backup. He's not going to say that. So I think that's what Bobby means when he says upstanding citizen, but because of the Saints and the situation they're in with Alvin Kamara and Marcus May and like literally facing criminal charges about stuff. I think there is also the element of that too. Like you're not worried about Taysom getting into a 4 a.m. bar fight. So <laughs> that's that's part of it too. Yeah, with, with Taysom, I mean, the I think we had the question or it might have been with one of the guys, you know, we're talking at practices. When he does come obvious, uh, ob- uh, next week for the mandatory sessions, Wondering if it's still going to be in that tight end group, and I think Dennis Allen made that clear. Uh, yeah. And the, the, that, yeah, he's still going to be working with that group kind of deal. Yeah, there, there's no gray area. I know, I know. Bobby talked about it with Nick Underhill on the show a few days ago, maybe last week, and you know they were talking about, oh, maybe they'll shift him into the running back room. Maybe they'll do something else with him because, I mean, yeah, he's not really a tight end, or at least he didn't play tight end last year. But I mean, there was no thought. I mean, it was an immediate like, oh, he's still going to be like nothing's going to change with his role in yeah. terms of Taysom Hill. But, you know, I, I do think that maybe that's a sign that he's going to get more involved in that part of the game. Like that's the question to me is not necessarily where he lines up. Are you going to actually use him as a tight end? Because if you do, then it makes sense to me. If you're going to continue to run him as a quarterback the way you have, then why would you just make why, why are you wasting his time is the, i guess the question right like why he, that can't be beneficial for him to stand sit in the tight end room if if he's not doing any tight end things i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and what's funny or with this Saints team, uh, you know, that big question of this tight end group going into organized team activities, at least suddenly we're spilling over with a bunch of guys, obviously with the additions of Foster Morrow and now even a Jesse James who talked about, you know, getting to be early in someone's camp. He hadn't been able to do that in a couple of years. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, he said a, he said a few things. So, so here's that audio. We're going to play it right here. You know, he didn't talk a lot. You know, he doesn't sound like a very talkative guy, but I do think he is happy to get a chance to just compete throughout the offseason, right? Because it's something he hasn't had a chance to do probably since he was with the Steelers. But here, here's that audio. How did this all come together with you signing with the Saints? I uh, just came in, worked out, and got signed. Like I said, I, I knew Clancy uh, from my days in Chicago. So having a working relationship with him definitely helps. Um, this is the first time I've been signed before camp in a couple years so it's been it's been good what have been your early impressions of the offense uh i like it i like the style um you know that they, they, they've been here for a while the offense has been uh here for a long time so they have different nuances and uh, just learn it day by day and take it as it goes how would you say um the way your career has gone so far has affected or influenced your outlook on this whole pro football thing and what are you what are you hoping for. Uh, my outlook. Um, still love the game. Still, still have more left in me to, to give. So excited where I'm at. Going into year nine, uh, just taking one day at a time and enjoy it while, while it lasts. Is that you catching up there, like a back shoulder seam? Yeah. Like our red zone. Yeah. Just kind of talk about that plan. I think it was James that threw it to you, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Just like worked linebacker over the, open, the middle of the field and just uh, you know he put it in there good. So just a simple play makes it easy whenever he, he has uh, the space to throw it in the back shoulder. Jesse, is this position unique in any way with regards to the other tight ends on the team? I mean, compared to other teams you've been on with, you know, Juwan and Foster as part of this tight end room? Um, you know, it, it's hard to tell this early um, exactly how the roles play out and things go. Um, but excited excited to work with these guys. They're a great group. Um, a lot of talent in the room, so, so it's going to be a fun year for us. Is it, is it also cool to know that just there's a lot of new faces, so it's not like you're, you're brand new because there's a new quarterback, new running back, new tight ends that are brought in? Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, um, I, last year I signed in September. The year before that I signed the first day of camp. So having this extra couple weeks is going to be good for me to just kind of train what I'm training for in the offseason is going to be easier for me. Yeah, to me that said, obviously for some guys, for a lot of guys, these OTAs are important as much as we kind of laugh and brush them off. They're voluntary. There's no real contact going on. But you heard right there how you know glad this veteran is to be early on in the camp because he hasn't had that experience the past couple of years. Yeah, and so if you're watching, uh, you know, the highlights from yesterday's practice, which you can find them on YouTube if you're, you know, watching the or listening to this podcast, there is a YouTube version where we're playing some clips in the background. Jesse is number 81. Uh, I think that was Nick Vanette this time last year. And, they, you know, kind of a similar build, right? Just big dude, yeah. kind of your, your profile is a blocker. But he did catch some passes. I think it was Sean Fazen that pointed out that he caught a touchdown pass from J- Jameis Winston in the red zone drills. It was one of multiple instances where Nick Anderson got kind of picked on and covered a little bit. 
And, uh, you know, that's where if I'm Nick Anderson, that's the part of my game that I'm trying to clean up because you're going to get targeted like that. you got to hold up in coverage if you're going to be an undersized linebacker because you have to be a cover linebacker. But Jesse James was able to catch a touchdown. I did think, I think it was Jack Collada that pointed out, and I think it's a good point. You know, if for, if you're joining a tight end room for, you know, a new, a, as a new guy, as a veteran who is just looking for a chance to contribute, this is a pretty good tight end room to join, right? Like, I mean, Adam Troutman's gone. Jawan Johnson is entrenched. Taysom Hill is still there. But again, we talked about like his role doesn't really exist as a tight end. Right. So if I'm Jesse James, I'm like, you know what? Why not me? Right. Like they did sign Foster Morrow and I'm sure he's going to get his chances. But, you know, what if Jesse James outplays Foster? What if he is the better option? And they're starting from square one at the same time, you know, and and if Foster is not able to hold up as a blocker in certain instances, and you just need a big guy to be a tight end, I think Jesse James has a chance to contribute. So I just think it's a good point. Like this isn't a tight end room where you're just adding camp bodies, which I think you could say in the past when you had a Jared Cook and a Josh Hill, you added a body in camp and it was like, they're not making the roster. Like we know what the roles are. Right now, I think there's some roles up for grabs on this team. And I think Jesse, as much as anybody, has a chance to, to make an impact. Uh, one thing on Foster Morrow, uh, after the organized team activity session, you know, we get to do some locker room time. And for whatever reason, he decided when he left the locker room, he was just going to shut off all the lights. And I happened to be standing next to Demario Davis's son, and he's looking at me going, what's going on? What happened? And I was just like, oh, Foster left the room and is being a jokester and shut the lights off kind of thing. No big deal. We didn't lose power or anything. But yeah. He was uh, joking? Yeah. yeah, like a prank? Yeah, for whatever reason, Morrow decided when I leave the locker room, I'm shutting off all the lights. And I was like, okay. And I, I mean, obviously, it's not my <laughs> go over and turn the lights back on. So I was I was waiting for someone else to do it. But yeah, I clearly saw him do that. And it was just a kind of funny thing. I guess you can he's already comfortable of messing with the guys, that camaraderie, whatever you want to call it, building there. So uh yeah, I see like he might be one of the jokesters, quote unquote, in the locker room. Yeah, I wasn't able to be in there yesterday. I had some scheduling mishaps, and obviously I had to come on and do a podcast uh, on Tuesday, rather. Uh, but, you know, I imagine it gets pretty dark and there's no windows. Right. <laughs> no, that's why I was like, uh, what's going on? And I was like, well, that dude over there, when he left, he shut the lights off. Like, you probably had, like, the light from the, the, the kind of equipment area. And, and the TV. About... <laughs> yes, the TV. Yeah, I guess there are TVs that, that give some light. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. But yeah, you know, I, I, w- one thing that that stood out that you know it, it's hard to quantify as you're kind of writing stuff up and you're talking about it. There's a lot of energy at that practice for, yes. for an OTA session. You know, it felt kind of like a like a mid training camp session where you're kind of getting geared up. Like there was a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of chirping from the defense to the offense. You know, it's part of it's being in red zone drills indoors. Which when you're indoors doing red zone drills, the defensive players who are not lining up on the field are lined up at the back of the end zone. So they're just like, you know, cheering and going rah-rah, which doesn't, I, it happens outside, but not quite to that same level. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And uh, on that front, you know, if anyone's hopeful for the Saints to be included in hard knocks, they are one of the four teams that yeah. could potentially land on hard knocks. And if you're wondering whether the team, the coaching staff <laughs> is interested in that, here is a pretty definitive uh Definitive statement on that front. You guys are one of the four teams that could be forced on the hard knocks. How, how would you just feel about that if, if it was the same? I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Why not? 
because I just want to focus on our football team and getting better. And any distractions are exactly that. They're just distractions that keep you from ultimately reaching your goal. To me, this is kind of funny just because, uh, not with the Saints, but just in general, what are we waiting for? We know it's going to be the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, you talk about it like, okay, the Saints could potentially be that team. But, I mean, if the goal is for the most eyeballs possible to watch it, of course it's going to be the Jets. Like, come on. It's a it's the New York market, then it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, like maybe they pick the Saints just because <laughs> they don't maybe want it. would irk them off, right? Because <laughs> yeah. because it definitely would annoy Dennis. Like, you can tell. Like he's like, no, please do not force us to do this. We don't want it. Uh, and I understand why they don't want it. I don't want it. So you know that that's kind of a like if that did happen, that would be so obnoxious. <laughs> From a coverage uh, perspective. I guess, yeah, you know what? The hard knocks is kind of like our escape from Saints camp. So I, it would be kind of like, oh, so we go to Saints training camp and then we come home and we watch more Saints training more camp Saints on HBO. Camp, yeah. Right? Yeah. I I honestly, you know, I get why people like hard knocks. I've never been a huge fan of it because like, you know, I, I, I spend all day dealing with it. I don't want to yeah. go home and watch more training camp. Like that's not I want to go home and watch mindless stuff. Like I want to watch the final season of Barry, even though the new app won't let me. For the most part, it's really not that entertaining. But when uh, I thought the Lions one was just because we had some former Saints, so kind of had some rooting interest in it. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be entertaining if you're a huge Saints fan and you don't spend all day out watching the Saints. I I get why fans might want the Saints to be on Hard Knocks. So, like from that perspective, I get it. Personally, I don't want them to. Um, So we could be on HBO though. Or Max yeah. now. I guarantee you we would end up on that in some capacity. Like, we would see ourselves because they just do all the recording, right? Like, we're in there in all those interviews. Like, uh, they they did that, like, promo before, I think, Thursday Night Football last year. And we were included in that. Like, the WWL coverage was included in that because NFL Films was there. But, yeah. So, we'll see. I, I mean, I think it's possible. But, again, like you said. The other teams, what, Commanders and Bears, is it? I'm not sure. I'd have to double check. Bears, Commanders, Jets, Saints is the four. And it's like, come on. You know, it's not going to be the Bears or the Commanders. Because like the the only allure the Saints have, like if it, if this was just another season, if this was last year, right? If Andy Dalton was the quarterback, you'd be like, no way they're going to to the Saints. You have Derek Carr. So there's there's that extra bit. But generally speaking, I don't I don't think the Saints market size is going to be very attractive to the hard knocks producers like why would it be it's the smallest market i guess maybe we have a little bit of drama obviously with the camara case coming at the end of july so that'd be some cons- uh, controversial True. stuff to talk about uh the new quarterback yeah second year head coach fighting for his there are good storylines i just don't know yeah if they're as interesting to folks outside of the new orleans region whereas yeah. the jets obviously the new york market and aaron Rodgers is going to have that Mass appeal, I guess you would say. Yeah, and the fact is, if the if the networks thought the Saints were going to be a big ratings draw, they might have a primetime <laughs> game this season. They really don't. You have Monday night in, in week two, and then you have two Thursday night games. The rest are noon starts. And it like that's very much the network saying, we don't think people are going to watch you. Like, we're not putting you on national television because we don't we, we want we want the teams that people are going to watch. Um, so maybe that changes. I don't know. Maybe they get flexed into some primetime spots late in the season. I don't know. But yeah, 
Uh, I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about Derek Carr. First things first, I do want to mention we have a Twitter account now. Um, I actually changed the Twitter handle since I told you what the Twitter handle was, which is probably bad form, but I think we're still early enough that I can get away with it. (laughs) So I decided to do it. And only because it's available and it's just a lot easier to say than the one I had initially created, which if you search for Inside Black and Gold, you'll find us. But the actual Twitter handle is at Saints underscore pod, which the fact that it was available at all felt like a steal to me. So even though it has nothing to do with the show other than Saints, I felt like it made sense. So if you are looking for the podcast, the Inside Black and Gold Twitter account, go to twitter.com backslash Saints underscore pod and you'll find us. thought that was some premium real estate that I was able to get in on. So go go check that out. We're going to be posting a lot of camp videos from that. I'm going to push a lot of the camp videos and obviously show content to that account. So if you'd like to keep up with the show, interact with the show, make sure to go check that out. No, excited to keep growing some more and we'll see what's next on the horizon. Yeah. So uh, keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold. Rate, subscribe, all that jazz. We'd have.